Hey everybody, this is Josh and this is Brian. Welcome to the podcast for Curiosity Continuum. Curiosity Continuum is an industry innovating, non-traditional company passionate about growing wisdom in the next generation. We are the essential bridge between the analog and digital worlds by building collaborative communities that unleash the power of adaptive expertise and innovation needed to thrive in the 21st century. We combine and mix essential elements needed to empower people to succeed in new ways not possible outside of a creative, thoughtful, diverse community of fellow curious people. Follow us on your favorite podcast app to receive notifications of new content. If you like what you hear and you want to dive deeper, visit us at curiosityteam.com. Thanks for tuning in and let's start the conversation. All right, Josh, so you had this idea. I had this to... idea because, uh, hi. My wife is uh, video That's bombing Sabrina. the call. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> I had this idea to talk about because Brian talked about this, like rediscovering his roots in a few episodes ago. Uh, and now Brian is actually having the opportunity to fly to South Korea for the first time in his adult life, I should say, since he was actually born there and lived there That's and right. then was adopted here in the States. So I just kind of wanted you to take it away to start, Brian, and just like kind of like, what is this process been like for you? Yeah, so I'll give you everybody kind of a flyover thing. Um, this kind of came to me more recently, and I actually wrote like a message that I've kind of just to kick it off and kind of capsulize this particular part of it. So uh, I'll just kind of look at this thing because I just wrote it actually tonight, right before we recorded. Uh, I recently joined a Tennessee Korean adoptee group, and one of the members told me about the Overseas Koreans Agency, and it's actually a branch of the Korean government focused on relations with Koreans abroad. And they have a particular focus on adoptees. Uh, Korea, in recent years especially, has had a lot of light shown on their adoption uh, practices. And there's a lot of recent legislation that put a focus on connecting adopted Koreans back with their homeland. Back to the homeland, yeah. There's a lot of things that happened during my era of adoption where there's two different versions of records sometimes. Uh, You know, stories aren't always what they appeared. Sometimes they were, but... You know, there was that kind of thing. And you have to kind of keep reminding yourself that Korea, when they came out of the Korean War, had no infrastructure. I mean, the country was annihilated. It's remarkable to see, you know, if you look at Seoul and everything that it does and like the powerhouse it is, it's all from pretty recent history, which is kind of crazy, you know. Um, Regardless, one of the Korean adoptees in the group told me about that agency and they have an all-expense-paid trip that they offer once a year. You can apply for it. And they give strong preference to anybody who's never been back, which is kind of cool. So long story short, I wrote this essay, and uh, they gave me news just a few days ago. I said, hey, you're in. I'm like, well, this is awesome. So I'll be gone for a few days. They're actually paying for the airfare and the hotel stay while uh, the program is going on. And then I'm choosing to stay a few days afterward just to kind of emotionally process, spiritually process, think about everything in my life couple times over probably you know lots of different things going on but um what's cool about this is this is opening a door that actually i wasn't ready for even not too long ago you know uh having grown up in a small small town in minnesota there were there just wasn't like a lot of extra koreans laying around especially in the small town <laughs> you know there's maybe three or four of us or something like that right um which is, is pretty uh, awesome, actually, when you think about it. Yeah. Cause there was actually other Koreans in our town, which there wasn't many, but they were there. Yeah, they were. 
you know, uh, I actually had a chance to kind of reconnect with one of uh, one of our classmates from history who was a grade behind us in school, and you know, we kind of talked about did you when did you discover you were actually Korean? She goes, when I moved to California for a short bit. She goes, it's like I discovered Asian people. <laughs> I'm like, I too <laughs> lived in California for a short bit, and it really was like there are other Asians in the world. And California, I loved living in California. I lived in um, with a Hollywood stuntman at the time in San Fernando Valley. And he, um, it sounds like a, that's another story for another day, but true story. Um, he really, living with him was really so interesting to see everybody just come from everywhere and be in California. A lot of fun, you know? Now, in this point in my life, because that part of my growing up was so shut down, like, like if I would be honest, like, I wasn't really emotionally ready to do it. There's a lot of, like, kind of looking at yourself in ways that you don't know you need to look at yourself until you probably get to a certain age. Uh, your loving spouse points it out to you. Your children are just who they are. And so this has come at a very good time. And so I'm excited about what this means for, uh, for me and what, it, what I can bring back as far as like memories and all the kinds of things. Yeah. And part of the reason I wanted to do this kind of episode was because we had this episode, Rediscovering Your Roots, where Brian was just kind of talking about it. And he wasn't really like, I don't think he was really processing the going back part. He was just saying, I could possibly go back. Now That's he's right. actually going back. It's real. Folks. And so I wanted to kind of time capsule this to like how you feel now. And like, I really do enjoy. First of all, I enjoy as a friend listening to you be excited about it, because I think. That's a great step. Because you could be real. I know you're probably nervous about it at the same time because you don't really speak Korean or anything. No. Um, and I would say not fluent, which means not at all. You know, like, <laughs> but it would be. It's going to be interesting. I and and I really think it's going to be very interesting for you to kind of go back and see people that not only look a lot like you, but if. What if you're like you want you might start playing those what if scenarios, which might actually start and you probably already are doing that, but it might start already kind of like that might be the emotional part of it where it's like, what if I never left? You know, what would I be right. doing now? Like it is. And like you say, Korea, like South Korea is a technological marvel in really the Western. It's not a Western world, but it kind of is because you know, without the United States, it wouldn't even be there. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of, you know, I would say bad actors today that want like Western civilization gone. And we're seeing a lot of that in, in the popular culture right now. But without the United States actually stepping in and creating the demilitarized zone, and then we left the country, like literally said, OK, you can have your country back. It wouldn't even be here. Brian wouldn't be here. Definitely would not be here. Right. So, I mean, that that's part of what I want to like really kind of like hammer home to a lot of people is like, it's going to be a totally different experience for you. You know, and the thing that's interesting to me is that Seoul, Seoul's a large city. It I mean, is. I think it's, it's bigger than New York City. And, you know, it's, it's like 25 just, million people, isn't there? Something it's, like that. It's some insane amount. And so yeah. <laughs> when I think about what that means, it's just like people and people and people. I will share this with you. You know, uh, a few years ago, probably coming up on 10 years now, closer. Uh, when I went to China as a band leader for a young artist at the time, uh, and we're still friends to this day, I felt very comfortable for the first time in my life. I don't know if I ever shared this with you, Josh. So I'm in China, and you know uh, the artist I'm with is blonde hair, blue-eyed. 
and tall. So he's quite quite the attraction, to say the least, which is good because he was single, also singing songs. <laughs> this, this is good and right. He's a band. He's in a uh, band. Yeah. All the things going on. All right the boxes. Him. Yeah. Yep. And I'm married at the time. And so there's a song that he did, and it was him and the guitarist that did it. So there's four of us on this trip. You know, during the set, I wanted to go out in the crowd and actually like film. Because I'm like, hey, we're going to get this to make sure it's like good for social media, all the kind of stuff, right? Well, I can't tell you. I've never, I don't think I've shared this with you. I felt so peaceful just blending in. Now, sure. just, just not moments ago, I was on the stage playing the music. And then I walked off stage while there's a couple of songs where it's, it's kind of broken down because I play bass and they didn't need a bass player for that. It was so, my whole system took a breath. And it was because nobody was looking at me because I was the one standing out in the crowd. Yeah. And it was, if I look back on it now, there was really a lot of social anxiety that kind of dissolved off. Even though like I was in a place I didn't speak the language, I would have been utterly lost without my translator or the group I was with. <laughs> right, right. You know? But in that setting, I'm telling you what, it just felt really nice to blend in. Now, of course, we can talk about, hey, it's important that you're unique and wonderful and you stand out and stuff. And I, I, well, trust yeah. me, I still get that. But <clears throat> It's like how I feel at Culver's. I mean, there's a lot of fat white guys <laughs> and I just blend in. <laughs> but no, I, I really do. I had to have that oh. moment of levity because that was really deep. Like, I think we take it for, I'm not saying like we, like, but I think I'm like, I'm, you know, I'm a, I'm a white guy with a beard and <laughs> kind of bald when I choose to be like, I'm bald now, but I'm like fighting it again. But, um, which means I haven't shaved my head in a long time. So it's got whatever hair is growing kind yeah, of no hair actually like looks back. very pathetic. <laughs> uh, and my wife constantly reminds me to shave my head and I'm just like, Nope, not yet. Not yet. I wear a hat everywhere I go. But, um, I think that's profound because we take it like I take it for granted a lot of times. So there's a lot of people that look like me. And I mean, I think the, 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 the one time, like a few times when there's not, it's not that I'm nervous or anything, but it's just different. Like when we went, like when we, when we were in Nashville, we went to the Korean barbecue, believe it or not, there's a lot of Koreans there. And I was like, Oh, Good sign that it's a good restaurant. Yeah. Well, first of all, great. Yeah. There was a lot of, re- there was, a, it was a great restaurant. Loved it. Um, but I remember that like being like looking around, there's no other white people around. And I was like, oh, okay, whatever, you know, but that's just a small glimpse of like, if I was the only white guy around for years, it would, I would think it would take its toll on you a little bit. Like you would start thinking like, okay. You know, like, like, are there people like me somewhere? Right. And I think that's like when you went to China, like you got that glimpse, like, hey, there's a lot of other Asian people. I just don't happen to live where they're at. That's right. Yeah. Man, you, you touched on the right curiosity there. Um, I listened to another podcast of friends of mine, and they talk about this, you know. And so in the town I live in, um, you know, they're, Franklin, uh, Tennessee is pretty pretty caucasian just by the demographics stuff like well, that, it's right? tennessee it's, yeah. yeah it's a, it's about six percent uh six percent african-american i think in the in franklin and there's a minority of asians running around although we are growing in number just because there's more california companies moving to the area so <laughs> here we here we come folks um but it was interesting to talk hear them speak about it you know uh, one of the guys grew up in the midwest big city 
Uh, no one grew up like in, in Memphis. And so to hear them talk about those experiences, even growing up where they did and then moving down to Franklin and where they eventually landed and stuff like that. It's really interesting to hear when you're kind of the thing in Sesame Street, one of these things is not like the other. Right. <laughs> you when know? you're the not like the other. No, you're yeah. not like the other. Like you actually have a different experience. Like you, you, everybody can be like at the same party and have a different opinion about the party. Right. In this particular party, you don't realize um, how much you just like, oh, like I can just, I don't have to feel like I'm always like checking around or something like that. You know, right. there is a lot of anxiety that people can carry. So first of all, thank you for acknowledging that, my friend, because it's, um, I'll tell you this, to kind of pivot it back into the conversation. I'm excited about that. And I'm also a little bit nervous. I'll just, I'll just own it because sure. I look Korean, obviously. Uh, well, you are modif- Korean. I know. Well, I'll modify this line from Boone. You're an American now. Right. American by by nationality, right? Right. Uh, culturally, that uh, eth- ethnically, Korean. I'll modify a line from uh, Boondocks when they did a genetic test. You know, I'm 102. I'm 102 percent Korean with a two percent margin for error. <laughs> so yeah, kind of what it is. But um, what happens in those situations? is like, I'm like, well, am I going to be able to connect with somebody? Because you want that connection, but like, is there a barrier? Now, depending where you are, there's a good amount of people that will speak English. Uh, English is a business language, so more business people would speak working English. It just kind of depends where you go. Uh, I've heard from other Korean adoptees that have gone that sometimes there's kind of like a, huh, what? Just because if you're Korean and you look Korean in Korea, you would expect like, hey, you kind of know what's up. I I'll just I don't know what's up. I'm about to find out what's up, uh, at least in a little bit, which is actually going to be good for me because that's actually been a standing discomfort within myself. So yeah, here we go. And I hope Jump on I it. hope I hope you're going to get to answer some of those questions or at least open the door to wanting to know more. Yep. And uh, I think that's going to be exciting for you, and it's going to be fun. It's not might not be fun when you're there. I think it might be a lot of anxiety. You might be like going, okay, what is going on here? How do I order this bowl of ramen? I really want this. <laughs> um, what What is this animal that's on my plate right now? Yeah. It tastes good. It's all I care about, you know? Yep. Um, that's what I would do. I mean, <laughs> hey, you know, <laughs> uh, but I, I, that's why I wanted to time capsule this because we're going to revisit this after you come back. It sounds good. And then we're going to hear about your actual experiences. We might actually do a longer episode at that time and just kind of pull it all together but i think this is a good time to put a comma here huh brian let's do that josh all right until next time this is brian and this is josh for curiosity continuum